Hello, 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 and welcome to another Fantasy Football Forecast episode. Today's date is April 2nd, and your hosts today are Owen, Jason, and Patrick. Today we are going to be going over some short yet impactful news around the NFL, and then we'll be moving on to our early rankings and analysis for the part two of our running backs list. These running backs range from tiers four to six. Then at the end of the episode, there's going to be yet another game that pits Patrick and Jason against each other. Jason finally got his win last week, so the record stands at two to one. Um, good job, Jason. Round, round, of, round, round of applause. Yeah. Yes, yeah, it wasn't good. really close. I did not make competitive. I apologize. All the fans at home was not suspenseful at all. It at was, least uh, this episode didn't have any controversy for the quiz. Yeah, well, it would have if Jason didn't come in clutch yeah, and uh, but, fix yeah. the question. Patrick, you, uh, this, this is going to be your quiz today. I'm calling it. This well, week, I got showed this. my running back knowledge in the first <laughs> one, so obviously I'm just gonna, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna at least one. I'm promising one, but I'm just gonna. Win. I would hope so. Well, I didn't last time. <laughs> I mean, you know, you can only improve when you when you throw up yeah. a donut. When you throw up a zero, it's motivation for this time because now I can't do worse. That is true. Right so there's no bottom, negative yeah. points. It's like I'm only on the up. You that's could a, get more wrong this time, but like that, that no one's is, gonna know on the true. scoreboard. <laughs> the scoreboard's gonna stay at at least the same. That is true. We're all we're all we're looking for is improvement. Yeah, that's yeah. all we're looking for. And I'm not biased at all, but Patrick, good luck. I hope well, you. I hope you win. Why are you so biased? Here? <laughs> no, there's no bias. Um, Any comment from you, Owen? Yeah, you're you're good. Oh, oh thank you. Okay. I, I appreciate I'm, I'm, I'm sure you can. A do rare something. compliment that Owen hands out. You yeah, but uh, they're hard. To, they're hard to get. Patrick, take it over with the uh, impactful NFL news. Yeah, Owen's saying impactful. I mean, dry week. Nothing happened. <laughs> I mean, nothing like, happened. Usually, I got bullet points on bullet points. I got three bullet points. Oh, yeah, nothing, ha- nothing happened. There's just another week of football playing. Yes, but we knew it was there. coming. We knew this was coming over the summer. We knew this last okay, year, Okay, well, they, Owen, thanks for the segue to the first oh, point. Yes. First point, the 17-game season has officially been, like, implemented i think jason said it was an owner's vote so the yeah. owners voted which makes it like official official even though the players voting in the summer was basically yeah. like the big like you know like milestone they had to get through was the play like the nflpa so we knew this was coming owen didn't want to shock you maybe you weren't paying attention in the summer that could have been yeah. it we just you just weren't you were just not it was a bit confusing i was when they had the cba and everyone agreed to it and then they're like all right time to decide if we're going to add an extra week now i was like did we not agree on that already but... it probably should have been you know more focused on the cba not like separate conversation but as owen wants to point out impactful moves you know Fair. no one saw it coming 17 game season has officially been approved um might change your fan i don't know how fancy leagues are going to work now you think one extra week of regular season because i can't change the playoffs yeah. Well, you could have everyone make the playoffs and just see <laughs> yeah, what happens. Yeah, it, it, I guess that's going to make more of a difference league to league. I, I would assume just one more regular season week. Um, I guess general news, the only game that looked somewhat interesting was they're adding in a Chiefs versus Packers game, but none of the other games seem too interesting about besides Chiefs versus Packers. Yeah, no. Yeah, big, I big mean, difference maker, as we can tell. <laughs> just throwing shade at Owen's comments, but that's okay. Uh, number two, we have Tyler Lockett getting a four-year extension with the Seahawks. It's going to be a $69 million contract. $37 million of it is guaranteed, so he'll be yeah, staying yeah. in Seattle. That's, I mean, that's a bit of a strange move for Lockett's inconsistency and, you know, Metcalf's performance this past year, but hopefully it pays off for them, maybe. I mean, he got the bag. 
He did, yeah. No. I'm looking at player perspective, like player point of view. I mean, that's what he wanted because, to yeah. be honest, as you said, probably didn't deserve it. He has not really shown lately. He's kind of fallen off since his more prime years. I guess at least fantasy rise. He's only getting older, so. Yeah, but he's getting that $69.2 million. So, I mean, look at him go. I know. But, yeah, I mean, compared now they have D- DK, I don't really understand the move. I think you go DK number one. I don't think you pay your, like, second string wide receiver. Was that? Yeah. That's over, like, 16 mil. Yeah, over 16 yeah. mil. That's 17 mil. Yeah, 17 a bit mil a year. That just seems a little bit excessive to me. But, I mean, that's me. Uh, also coming out with the seasons being, I mean, the schedules being released. The Falcons hosting a, a home game in London, which those London games are always a little bit of a change of pace, I would say. Wow, really, really making the weekly news go for a while. Yeah, that one. <laughs> trying, trying to drag it out, you know, trying to insert my part here. But uh, I feel like those London games, I feel like it always throws the players off. You know, it's definitely the change of schedule, having to fly over there. Lovely jet lag. The jet lag's also not good, but even like, the stadium they're playing in, like, I don't know how, I assume they have, like, similar grass or turf, whatever they play on over there, yeah. but, I mean, it's just, I don't know, how do you feel about fantasy perspective? Are you, are you are you worried starting a player that's playing in London, Jason? I mean, I've done it before, but that was more so a desperate desperation move. I had one of the Texans receivers, like, two years ago. <laughs> Didn't go well for me, but I knew it wasn't going to happen, so yeah. I, have, I have no preference on this one. It's just another game to me, depending on opponent, that's really the big thing. That. That makes sense. Basically, it's just another game. Yeah, I don't no. think the the London effect isn't really that big. Oh, <laughs> just chocolate. I mean, hey, I've got the weekly. I told you it was a dry week. The London effect. Impactful. I like it. The I like London the effect. Impactful news. We're, we're coining that phrase. <laughs> I'm sure. Get the copyright out there. Mm, we will. We will. All right. Um, <laughs> is the impactful news done? Do you want to move on oh, to uh, tier yeah. four? No, no. I got my three right. bullet points All out. Right. We're good. Starting off at a uh, tier four running backs, number nineteen, Melvin Gordon. Yeah, no, so obviously we went through the first 18 last episode, so we're starting off in Tier 4. Melvin Gordon is officially a workhorse back once again over in Denver. So that immediately makes him an instant ideal running back to have on any team. For the past two years, either Austin Eckler or Philip Lindsay have been taking away from Gordon's workload. It's kind of, you know, hurt him in the long run. He, he got a big contract, kind of, from the Broncos, not what he was looking for last season, but... Now he's playing out the second year in his two-year deal. He's looking for a new contract. He's got to make a big play, you know, contract year. He's got every down to work for. The biggest thing holding him back is, of course, Drew Locke. Yes. A tough, difficult QB situation to have. I mean, Drew Locke, fan favorite, I would say. I feel like people, the fans like him, but he's not not that great. Yeah, no. Not that great. I mean... Gordon's going to be a... He should have a good year. He did finish as, like, around the running back 20, I believe, in most leagues for, you know, for scoring. And without Lindsey, he was efficient. He did play well. So now a full work was back. He could improve. And, you know, the biggest thing that could be upside for Gordon and make him once again running back one is the fact that Deshaun Watson is going to be traded, most likely, and doesn't have a lot of landing spots left. Like, realistically... Are, but, are you are you trying to say that Deshaun Watson's going to the Broncos? I'm saying Deshaun Watson can go to the Broncos or the Panthers, and that's it. <laughs> I don't see any other landing spot for Watson at this point, so he's a 50-50 shot that he goes to the Broncos then. Yeah, no, that I mean, that makes sense. There's not many options. I mean, we, we all know, we've talked about basically every week at this point about Houston just not trading him <laughs> for some reason, but... 
We don't have to mention that again, as we mentioned basically every episode at this point. Um, Yeah, I think the big question with Melvin Gordon is now that he has the full backfield to himself, he's the obvious number one, doesn't really have a lot of competition for carries, is he he able to scale? Because Jason mentioned he's very efficient when he was playing, but he... He didn't have like 100% of the snaps, you know, he wasn't like the like the top dog all by himself. And it's like is he able to maintain his efficiency when he's getting those more carries or like is he going to get tired? Could he have like be injury prone? We we don't these are all question marks that you don't know because we haven't seen him produce at uh like the number 1 running back for yeah. years since like the Chargers, you know? Yeah, I know. All right, now we're going to be moving on to JK Dobbins at number 20. Yeah, no, this might be a bit low for most people just because they feel like Dobbins has the potential to be one of, if not the best, like, sophomore running back in the class. But he's on the Ravens, so that immediately just derails any chance of that realistically in my mind. Just because Lamar Jackson, back-to-back 1,000-yard rusher, you expect him to get, not not guaranteeing 1,000, obviously, but he's going to be productive once again. And that automatically just takes away from Dobbins because I feel like Lamar is most likely going to have either the second or third most carries in the offense. And also just the Ravens' offense, they constantly use all their running backs. Like Gus Edwards and Justice Hill both will be used a decent amount as well. Dobbins, obviously, six yards per carry last year is one of the best in the league. But just because he was so efficient doesn't mean he's going to be given the reward he probably should deserve in any other offense. The Ravens will use him, obviously, but they're going to use everyone else just as much as him and ultimately going to be probably his downfall in this offense. Yeah, I think, especially because of Lamar's play style, I think you have to respect Lamar's running game and you have to view, I would view Lamar as running back one for the Ravens. The way that, the way that they use their offense, I don't know mm-hmm. how you feel about that one, Jason, but I would, personally, when I think of Lamar, I would say he's running back one, at least in their like play style. Well, he's definitely the number one threat. I mean, running back one is maybe a bit of a stretch in my mind. <laughs> but obviously, when you think of the Ravens, their biggest threat is Lamar, in regard- regardless of like any situation, any down, any distance. Yeah, may- maybe not carries-wise, carry-wise, like running back one. But I would say, like, obviously you said threat. But like, like if he's breaking out like a big play, Lamar's the most, ex- I would say, I don't know, explosive is the word, but like the most dangerous player that they have. The Dynamic, one. maybe? Dynamic, yeah, dynamic's a good word for it. Like, you know, at any point, Lamar's, I, I don't, like, all, the running back room, first of all, it's, I mean, you've probably talked about this before, but it's full. It's like a revolving door, almost, like Ravens running backs. Like, it's like Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbs. Like, you don't know who's getting the majority snaps each week. It's yeah. kind of a question mark to have. And Lamar, I feel like, is the only real consistent one that they have as a rusher. Yeah, no. So it's kind of hard, it's kind of hard to draft a Ravens running back. I feel like Lamar is just a big threat that, Personally, I stay away from, but I mean, I'm not, I've never been a Ravens running back guy, so I don't know how, how you guys feel, but I, I think Lamar is too much of a threat for me to consider Dobbins. I agree with that. Yeah, 100%. Um, our number 21 running back is Miles Gaskin. Now, Gaskin at 21 is definitely going to be interesting, especially because of how few people really know him, just because he broke out so late in the season and still dealt with some injuries when he did break out. He is currently the Dolphins' number one running back, and if he stays that way, he will be at least 21. I feel he could be even higher, because when Gaskin was playing, he was around the running back 15 for those for that final stretch of the season when he was playing. He was on my fantasy team, and in much-needed running back two help for my playoff run, where he gave me perfectly perfect timing. 
So I'm a big fan of Gaskin to begin with, and I really hope he gets his full workhorse load once again because he had that in Miami, and if they don't draft anyone, he should continue to hold that because I don't see Salvin Ahmad taking anything from him seeing as he didn't do it last season. So Gaskin should continue to be a true workhorse in Miami, and the only real question is just the draft at this point for him. Yeah, I think only obstacle, really. Only, the only thing that's stopping him from getting his carries in the backfield would be if they draft like a young rookie running back that they want to test out, and maybe they like if like, they draft a rookie running back, that rookie run back, running back like breaks off first two games, they might go with him instead of Gaskin, which I feel like would be a mistake. I believe in Miles Gaskin. Obviously, I've seen Jason. Jason was uh, quite the intimidating opponent with Miles Gaskin just sliding in at the running back two spot last year. I was a little bit scared when I saw him on my schedule, not going to lie. But, um, yeah, I think Miles Gaskin, as Jason mentioned, very, I don't know, unknown. Like I feel like the the casual fantasy football player doesn't know much about Miles Gaskin. That's, a, that's not like a popular name that I would say like the majority I mean, yeah. would know. Seventh round pick. I mean, not really. You got seventh round. Okay. Well, disrespect. Okay. Yeah. So that means I passed Miles Gaskin like six or seven times, which now makes me feel bad about myself. But that's okay. I'm not Jason. You know. Wait. No, I mean seventh round as in he was the NFL draft. Oh, I thought you meant the fantasy round. You picked him up in seventh. I was like, that's a steal. He went undrafted. Yeah, he wasn't. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But I feel like now, obviously, more well known than last year, obviously, because he produced at the end of the season, but. Uh, also, oh yeah, I forgot my point. I was going to say, Dolphins offense might actually be somewhat scary next year. I mean, yeah. we have Tua growing in. We have Gaskin, obviously, as running back. Will Fuller is their new signing. I mean, they have some weapons. Their offense could be good. And as you can see, AFC East, a lot weaker now that the Patriots have kind of fallen off. They're playing against the Bills. They could be winning, like, a lot of games. Well, not a lot, but like eight, 500, I would see them. 500, a little bit above 500, where I put the Dolphins. Even though they were ten and six last year, and you're saying they're getting better, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not. I don't got like. I don't. I'm not like a predictor out here. But they're gonna be winning games, and they're gonna have their Miles Gaskin filling in, and he's gonna be yeah. carrying the ball a lot. I mean, the only other problem would be if, uh, the, assuming they do draft receiver either Jamar Chase or Devonta Smith, then if Tua breaks out, that could uh, take away from Miles Gaskin's carries because that was one of another thing. Tua wasn't, you know, the most developed when he was playing, so they relied on the running game a bit more as well. That is true. Yeah, but if if uh, Tua breaks out, then they won't really, they won't really need to, you know, lay their shoulder into the running game. They can produce in the passing game, which would be kind of a negative for Miles Gaskin's carry yeah. numbers. Of course, Gaskin being he is also a receiving back, so it's not the worst thing in the world. Just a slight decline is all I really would see there. Mm-hmm. All right, we're gonna be moving on to. Uh... Big guy Mike Davis, number 22. Yeah, no. New starting running back for the Falcons now. Yeah. I I put him at 22 mostly because I feel like Mike Davis most likely will have a similar workload to what Todd Gurley had last year. A solid running back, too. You know, he should be efficient in a, what should be, you know, a high-powered offense now. The Falcons will be sticking with Matt Ryan because, you know, they gave him the... Uh, they restructured his contract, so they are forced to stick with Ryan for a few more years at least. So I don't see that changing at all, even if they draft a rookie. And obviously with Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, the offense will be dynamic and explosive no matter what happens. So Mike Davis is in a situation to succeed. And the Falcons have so many holes, I don't see a new rookie coming in either, seeing as he was just signed too. So I feel like he has a little bit of receiving ability, 
should be the main receiving back on the team right now. He's obviously a power back, so you definitely get the goal line work for touchdowns. And then he's just got no real competition on the entire depth chart, so should just get a lot of carries. A bunch of positives going for Mike Davis on this offense now. Yeah, I think he's a huge addition to the Falcons' run game. Because obviously the Falcons' passing offense is quite scary because we've mentioned before, they basically have two top ten wide receivers. And, I mean, Matt Ryan's Matt Ryan. But, I mean, he's serviceable. He's decent. I mean, Ryan's good. Disrespect. Oh, that is, that is too I, much I, disrespect I, to I Matt disrespect, Ryan. Yeah, that is true. I, I do disrespect Matt Ryan. Wow, okay. I'd say above average. Top 15. Is, yeah, 100%. Was, yeah, yeah, no, top Yeah, I'm saying he's decent. Top 15. Well, I guess my word decent would be top 15. I would agree with that. All right. Decent's like average for me. So, yeah, top 15. I would agree with that. He's definitely not top 10. So, he's in that like 12 to 15 range is where I would place him in. I'm not thinking of QBs off the top of my head, but that's yeah. what I just think of Matt Ryan. I'm thinking a little bit above average. Um, so, their passing attack is just scary. But so that definitely, I mean, he's not the main part of the offense, Mike Davis. But as you mentioned, goal line back, they get a long passing play. Then short, like short and goal, goal to goal. I mean, they're giving the ball to Mike Davis. He's he's running it in. I mean, you're not stopping Mike Davis. As Owen said, big guy Mike Davis. If you get the big guy title, unstoppable on the goal line. Yeah, almost like AJ Dillon. <laughs> We're not mentioning AJ Dillon this episode. I mean, he did not. Spoiler, he did not make the top three, top, top six tiers, not the three we're talking about today. But that's okay. You know, we'll, we'll save the A.J. Dillon praise for another day. But right, we're yeah. going to have to take a week off until we, until we can figure, figure out a spot for him, you know? Maybe we'll have a, a, like an episode just for A.J. Dillon. That Ooh. seems a little bit excessive. <laughs> not going to lie. <laughs> Hour 15 long episode about Dillon? Come on. Hour 15. I mean, he deserves it. But, you know, we're not exactly, we don't have that much content about A.J. Dillon. Just, just my love and appreciation. Who knows? That's maybe maybe he'll be a, a guest appearance yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in the upcoming that, that will definitely happen. Yep. He's going to make his way over here. How about we, uh, we move on? Oh, yeah, we can move on. Yep, yep. by, by right, AJ um, Dillon, uh, Soros. Our number 23 running back, Raheem Mostert, who is the last running back in Tier 4. What do you have to yeah. say about this? I mean, obviously, Mostert, his biggest knock is the injuries he's dealt with over the years. Last year was definitely one of his uh, pretty bad season for him because of that. But when he's healthy, he's an efficient running back. And the 49ers running back situation, like two years ago, they had like three, four guys you could play in any week. Now Mostert is clearly the top guy. Jarek McKinnon hasn't been, hasn't done anything. Kind of a bust of a signing with all the uh, injuries like ACL tears he's dealt with. And then Jeff Wilson, really the only other guy back there, he's not really... A consistent guy he's obviously proved he could play as a starter but that's more so just you know a lucky week I feel like more than anything else he's not you know proven to be a anything of a competition for most of it so most of it should be the lead back he's definitely number one and I would expect at least 70 to 80 percent of the carries would go to most in this situation and obviously most of being such a fast running back he's also got the receiving threat 49ers appear to be sticking with Jimmy G and drafting either most likely Justin Fields just as, you know, a mentor for a year. So he should have a consistent offense, and we expect to see the same exact thing for Mostert as last year when he was healthy again this year. I would say a, a solid number two running back, not the most upside in the world, just because, you know, he hasn't really proven to be healthy constantly, so you can't guarantee any upside but 
the explosiveness itself can create big plays in that situation, and that would be his upside. Yeah, when I think of Mostert, I'm remembering like I think the 49ers were playing the Jets, and that was like the game that they had like like 10, 15 people mm-hmm. out or like 20 people. And yeah, injuries have always. I mean, I don't know always, but recently in my recent memory, Mostert, he's just he's had to deal with so many injuries, and that that's like the big knock on him. I would say is 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 injury. Like if you're picking him. Like, yeah, I don't know. You got to feel a little weary having him. Like, you got, you want to make sure you got, like, a nice, like, maybe like a like a third running back option to slide in just in case he gets injured because he's dealt with so many in his career that it's just, you got to think about it. Like, you can't draft him without mentioning or, like, talking to yourself and thinking, like, there's a chance he gets injured again, right? Like, he's gotten yeah. injured so many times. It's always, I would that's what I would think about. If you're taking Mostert, be prepared. To, you got to have a third option that you can sub in if because Mostert, if he ends up getting injured, I mean... You're gonna have to sub someone else in. It's just the only thing I would mention about him. Yeah, this uh, the sub could be David Monty, who is our next running back on the list wow. at number what, twenty-four. What a what a segue! Wow. That was a good transition, transition, right? Yeah. Montgomery coming in at twenty-four. You know, start of tier five. A lot of people won't like that. Understandable. <laughs> they are quite high on Montgomery for some reason. I am the exact opposite, where I see Montgomery as the biggest trap in this draft. Really. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. As a as a David Montgomery fantasy owner last year, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Let, let me rephrase. Former this. owner. Yeah, as a former owner that traded him before he popped off the past four <laughs> weeks, uh, what I saw out of David Montgomery was got. I would say he he got saved by Tariq Cohen's ACL tear because he he didn't he at least at least I don't know if I drafted him or I picked him up. I forget how I had him, but. Either he didn't like he wouldn't come into relevance for my team until the Tariq Cohen injury, because then he had like easy number one like you know a lot of competition in the backfield. Issue was though that Chicago I watched their game that Chicago Bears offensive line was so annoying for me to watch. I'm watching David Montgomery going and he's just he's getting like negative one yard zero yard one yard he, you can't break anything out with that offensive line that yeah. was the big annoyance for I, me. I was with you when we when we were looking at those stats yeah they, it, they was, were it coming was hard in. for me i was like, oh. it's like i wanted to turn the tv off it's like this chicago's bear offensive line was too much for me to watch but he as i, I mentioned I, I did trade him later on the season that uh that literally the him? worst time i think he popped <laughs> off like week after and who'd you get for him I got Will Fuller, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah right it. before the suspension. Okay, okay. All right, so horrible trade on my part. I traded Dave Montgomery week before he popped off. Got Will Fuller. He popped off for like two games. Oh, then that, they, but then what happened? Then they caught him with the PEDs. <laughs> yes. I'm telling you, Will Fuller, my guy, leading the league in PED suspension games, okay? No one can touch him when it comes to getting suspended, okay? Yeah. He's a god in his own world. I, yeah, I was on the Will Fuller hype train because it was like rumors he was going to get traded to like the Packers at the time. And I was like, oh, Aaron Rodgers, that would be nice. I mean, he already had Deshaun Watson. But I was like, he's a more solid spot. And I was just like, then he got hit with the ban. But that, <laughs> that's mean, just yeah. my negative experience with Dave Montgomery. That doesn't I mean, really affect you, anyone else. You did, <laughs> Thank you, no, Patrick. you did make good points, you know. That People offensive line is the main point I would yeah. like to bring up. The offensive line is not a, a improved yeah. at all. Maybe a suggestion I would make, don't watch the games. That's don't fair. don't watch the Chicago games that you draft them. Just have them. Watch another game. Just, <laughs> just check your phone every once in a while if you see if you get to touchdown. Just please don't put yourself through that to watch the offensive line. But Montgomery, you know, offensive line didn't improve. Tree Cohen, <laughs> Tree Cohen is back now. So all those games where he was successful were without Cohen. Yeah, Cohen's back. You expect a regression there. 
Mm-hmm. And also, he was successful against the worst defenses. Like, he played... His best game was against the Texans, the worst run defense in the league. Like, he's not... He's not good against mediocre defenses. Mm-hmm. He can't produce on his own. He actually he can only produce on his own when there are no one other yeah. running backs. There's also there's also and no help. No it's help gotta be from, from the, the worst opponents possible. So I'm I'm grabbing the the consensus around here is to avoid Montgomery at all costs. Well, well no, avoid no, no. Montgomery because he's we currently ne- being overranked. We never think... avoid anyone at all costs. Oh, okay, that's a bad motto to have. But yeah, if he, he, he falls, he falls. Yeah. But. I think as Jason mentioned, we have him a lot lower than other people. I think other people have him. They don't have him running back one, right? No. There's no way. No, like no, no high no. running back two. Is that where he's at? Yeah, no, we have him. I don't. We have him. Back we have him last in running back two. He's 24, yeah. so he's last in the 12 team league. But like, if he's there, take him. Yeah, no, I would say you know. I'm just personally burned. I feel like I'm 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 like taking out my anger from last season with David Montgomery. I'm a little bit biased. Not to mention, L- very biased. Yeah, the entire actually. offense is just worse. Offensive line worse. Receivers are the same, if not better. But mm-hmm. that's not helpful for a running back. But think about it, though. Quarterback the worse. Nick Foles effect. Nick Foles isn't <laughs> even starting. <laughs> He's just his essence. His essence in the stadium mm-hmm. might be a positive. We we didn't we didn't bring that into a we didn't think about that one. Of course, yeah, no. The Nick Foles effect. The the locker room. On the sideline, he's gonna be wearing like got the clipboard on, wearing like the headphones. But yeah, no, Montgomery's just no positives for him really, unless he somehow manages to get a full time workload, and Tariq Cohen because of his injury is just ruined for the rest of his career. Don't bother with Montgomery is really what I have to say. All right, very elegantly put. Okay, <laughs> our, our um twenty fifth running back is David Johnson. Oh. Well. I was a fan of David Johnson, but then, yeah. <laughs> then he had some yeah. trouble in terms of uh, Philip Lindsay and Mark Ingram coming in. Yeah. And, of he, course, uh, he got a little you know, bit screwed. Deshaun uh, Watson got a little, got a little screwed. probably leaving. Mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson definitely not playing for the Texans, meaning Tyrod Taylor, the number one quarterback right now. Ooh, that's tough. Ooh, and, I mean, Tyrod Taylor is a dangerous oh, man. I mean, you okay. remember those Bills days. <laughs> So <laughs> till Josh Allen yeah. stepped in. Montgomery, yeah. I, I mean Johnson, like EJ Manuel, yeah. <laughs> EJ Manuel, Tyron Taylor. Lee. I love it. We're having our own conversation <laughs> right now. Yeah, so I'm, noticing, I'm noticing a bit of distraction <laughs> fine, on this fine, side Jason, of the room. Please go but continue. David Johnson is—he was one of the most consistent running backs with Clyde Edwards-Helaire. Neither of them had really any explosiveness or any real ceiling. But they had one of the highest floors in the league just because they always produced consistent level. You never had a game winning or a game winning performance from either of those backs, but Johnson, you knew you were gonna get a decent number. You knew you were getting running back two performance. And now, you know, the offense sucks and there's an entire group of them. So he's lost value and uh he could be a decent flex running back from week to week, but you don't know what you're getting in the workload, and honestly, the Texans looking to be the worst team in the league next year. You don't exactly want that running back on your starting fantasy lineup. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, uh, I hate to do it to David Johnson, but I will bring up. Remember when he was like peaked? When he was like, <laughs> when he was so good when back in the day. You were picking him like third pick yeah, overall. Yeah, I was like, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, then he's uh he's uh you know age it happens yeah i'd say injury more than age he was he was like 26 when he fell off yeah Mm -hmm. you usually don't fall off at 26 i would say but 
Yeah, he uh, he had a good run. I mean, not to trash on him, but I mean, he was a he was like easy running back one. I mean, he had, oh yeah, he was like top five pick every year. He was kind of killing it, but um, he's here. As Jason mentioned, I, Jason was actually quite excited about David Johnson and the Texans. He had like so much potential to go. <laughs> now uh, he, like the running backs cluttered. It's so crowded. It's like how is he gonna get some carries? Like obviously he's gonna get the carries, but like we don't know. Like how are they gonna split him up? Like is he gonna yeah, be man. even? Is he getting a third of the carries at this point? Like we don't we don't know. I mean, he does have the potential to sneak back into like low running back two if. Like, Lindsey and Ingram just don't get, like, any workload at all. And really, the biggest thing would be the receiving game, which, Ingram, you don't have to worry about there. Mm-hmm. But that is one of Lindsey's biggest, you know, upsides for his yeah. game. So I feel like Johnson's yeah. been, like, squeezed on both ends. Because receiving game goes to Lindsey. And then short game touchdowns goes to Ingram. So, like, he's lost both aspects. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you think David Johnson? I feel like Mark Ingram's like they gotta be their go-to power back when it's like goal to go. Probably, yeah. I mean, that would be my guess. At least Johnson could like if it's you know early down first and goal, then yeah. you could look for Johnson. But any like third and inches or like yeah, if it, if, it, if, it, really, if you're third or fourth yeah. down, I feel like you gotta throw Ingram in there. Yeah, no, unless you're going for a passing play, in which case if Lindsey gets <laughs> the passing work, then all of a sudden <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like Johnson's David Johnson's gonna get kind of screwed when it gets the third down. He's not gonna have any of those like clutch moments because he he just got he just got outdone by guys that specialize in other areas, you know. That's just just tough for the guy, the the one time fam, fam, fantasy superstar. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, we're moving on to our next running back, who is the most skilled secondary running back at number twenty six, Kareem Hunt. Yeah, Kareem Hunt. I mean. Why did he resign with the Browns? I'll start with there. Uh, he he's in a tough situation. I, he resigned on his own choice. He could have left. He did, he got a two year contract. I don't know what he's. But doing. isn't Cleveland so nice? <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> like it's so tropical. And he gets to hang out with Baker Mayfield. That's amazing. Come on. Yeah. He yeah. could have been I'm a sure full <laughs> workhorse back in like ninety percent of other teams, but he chose to just stay with the Browns and. He usually gets drafted decently high, and people use him as a running back too, which doesn't make sense to me because he's just—he's not there anymore. Obviously, if Nick Chubb gets hurt, which I don't expect to happen, because his one injury in his career was a freak def- accident when a defensive lineman fell on his ankle. Yeah, that, that did not help out your team, Jason. I still won those weeks. I'm not complaining. I was—I was fine without him for those weeks. Usually, a bad situation when the defensive lineman falls on your ankle, though. I think we can all agree. Yeah, no. yeah, that, that hurts. But, but not on Nick Chubb. He's Cream pretty Hunt, healthy. Cream yeah, no. Hunt is still—he didn't even—he wasn't even like a running back one when he was producing without Nick Chubb, though. Even though he did get the full workload, so like, he's not exactly the most explosive on his own. And then you know you bring in the fact that Nick Chubb's taking away carries for hopefully the whole season. And then all, all of a sudden, you're left with, like, half the carries. Most of the receiving game, for sure, obviously. Nick Chubb has had a few catches here and there. Nothing nothing noticeable. But Cream Hunt's value, it's just... It's a running back three. Obviously, you definitely value him as a flex running back. Definitely bi-week running back. That would be a great guy to have as a number three. But drafting him as a number two is just a bit too much when there are guys... Like, Mike Davis and Miles Mel- Gaskin, both above him, in my opinion... Both would be drafted later, and it's just I don't get the point of his current ADP. Yeah, and, and once again, I'm going to mention it's probably he has the name value, right? Like Kareem Hunt, yeah. he's known as 
He's well. I would say he's well known. Obviously, we mentioned Miles Gaskin, not really that well known as being a top fan. Oh no, well, like you know, running back two option. Kareem Hunt has the name value and might cause people to overdraft him a bit just because. And he's so he's a great running back. He's just bad situation. I think, as you mentioned, any other team, he's a great fantasy option to have. He's just yeah. The, he resigned on his own terms. Like <laughs> it's like, wow, what are you doing, Kareem? Mr. Hunt, what are we doing, Kareem? That's Come the on. same thing the Chiefs said back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you don't got to bring up the man's past, okay? <laughs> okay? Well, we're moving on. Moving uh, on. I, I, he's I had agree. Enough. You know, Kareem's had enough. Okay. Um, our 27th running back is the Raiders running back, Josh Jacobs, and he's at... 27th spot. He's been a little bit screwed over, as uh, I think Jason, you like to mention, well, but uh, he's been a, he's been a little bit screwed over. I think he fits perfectly at 27. Please elaborate. Well, you see, Kenyon Drake, who will yeah. be appearing on this list later on, uh, was given a decent contract for a running back, and you don't do that if you don't plan on using him. So people who are saying he's just a glorified cat pass catcher, you're wrong for sure. They're gonna he's gonna be used in the offense, probably not a 50-50 split, but. Jacobs' receiving game, basically entirely gone. Jacobs getting over 200 carries, that's gone. And so, Jacobs averaged less than four yards a carry last season, so he's not efficient on his own. The offensive line went from, you know, a bunch of great players individually to now, you know, three of the five starters caught, traded. So he's got all the cards stacked against him, and people... Currently, I feel like I'm drafting him around 18 the most. It just doesn't make sense. I don't see, I don't get it. I see, I understand drafting him as a running back too, maybe low end, which 27, not that far off, but he's got everything against him. I don't see the value. He's not an efficient running back. His offensive line is worse. Kenyon Drake's taking all of the catches and will be taking a decent amount of carries. Like nothing, where are the positives? I don't see the value for him. Yeah, no, Kenyon Drake's just, like, <laughs> leeching off him. I mean, is uh, Josh Jacobs, as as it was, Jason mentioned, not the most... I would, I would feel better about Josh Jacobs if he had proven his efficiency. Like, if he had... Obviously, if he had more than four yards of carry, I think that's... <laughs> like, if you got under four and uh, by himself, now he's just got more competition. It's going to be harder for him to deal with. And, yeah, obviously, I mean, he's still a good running back. And... I may, maybe twenty seven is low. I might say that, but it's it's the it's like the idea. Like you, I don't understand how people think he's gonna be able to produce the same. He's obvious. Yeah, no. He's gonna have to. There's no way he can produce up like those same numbers as two hundred carries. Jason said, still have the passing game when they give that type of contract to Kenyon Drake. Like something's gotta give. Like they're not signing Kenyon Drake to just be water boy in the sidelines. Like he's gonna get the passes. He's gonna get some portion of the carries. We don't know exactly what. But Josh Jacobs has to fall. And I I think 18, as J- if you said 18 is where people draft him, like, I see that as high. I don't 100%. I don't get that. I don't understand that. But 27 is is probably low, but we're putting him at higher, higher end of running back three and anywhere, it's like a range, but I think he fits in to that high running back three, low running back two area. I mean, another thing, because, like, with Kenyon Drake, that also cuts off his upside, which, at the end of the day, if you're drafting later on, you want to see some upside in your in your running backs. And Jacobs definitely, compared to everyone else on this list, has one of the lowest upsides just in general. 
That that is true. Yeah, he has a he has a lot of he's a, another tough situation. Uh, as we mentioned with Cremont, obviously Jacobs is the number one, and Cremont isn't. But both guys are in kind of tough spots with their uh, like the personnel in their teams. All right, we're gonna be moving on to our twenty eighth running back, which is Ronald Jones. Another possibly controversial one, but Leonard Fournette just resigned and. After the playoffs, Leonard Fournette was the main guy for the playoffs. Like, Ronald Jones wasn't used, and when he was, he wasn't the most efficient for the entire playoff run. So, from the past few games we've seen for the Buccaneers, Leonard Fournette was used more and was more efficient. And I would expect that to carry over. I still have Ronald Jones ranked above Fournette just because he has more potential as just his entire career and the Buccaneers, you know, planning for the future probably want him to, you know, progress and improve as a player. So they should look to use him as a, as you know, their number one running back. But I expect it to be a very close 50-50 between the two of them. And eventually, maybe Fournette could, Fournette could take over. But right now, Jones, definitely the better back, just in terms of fantasy value, because he is going to get more work. But it's not, not the most promising season for him. Yeah, I think Fournette resigning obviously hurts Jones, but I would say, I mean, I guess my opinion doesn't really matter to the Buccaneers coaching staff, but <laughs> I think you, Ronald Jones should be, not definitive number one, but like getting he should be getting the majority of the snaps, like more than 50. I think Ronald Jones you got to have as the RB1 compared to Fournette, but that's just my personal take. We'll see how Bruce Arians feels about it. I might call him up later. Let yeah, him you know, let him know right? my opinion. Oh, yeah, we're boys. Yeah. Me and B.A., <laughs> yeah, he lets me call that out. Just be a because you're his friend. Initials. Yep, mm-hmm. we're that close. But yeah, I would see Ronald Jones, at least in my eyes, he's got to be the number one guy in my opinion. But fantasy wise, similar to Jacobs, Leonard Fournette, quite quite the guy to be having as our RB too. Like he's he's a, he's very concerning for fantasy owners of Ronald Jones. If you see Leonard Fournette there, I, I would say yeah, a big threat. He's a big threat to the carries that Ronald Jones is going to be getting. I'd like to mention I personally feel Fournette's a better running back, but may not be given yeah. the opportunity to prove oh. that. Well, yeah, as a Fournette fantasy owner last year, I would, he did not get any opportunity. I'll <laughs> let you know, he barely got any opportunities comparatively to Ronald Jones. But uh, do you want to talk about Fournette now? Should we just mention them? Because we're both. I mean, Fournette's in like, he's number 31. He's close. Yeah, so we'll mention we'll Fournette. We have him ranked at 31. Still tier, this is tier five, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Still tier five. Same situation, but Fournette, at least in my eyes, well, no, no matter how we view Fournette, he's going to be played as the running back too. I, I feel it's more unless so they change it. It's most likely going to be like a one A B type thing. So they're but, yeah, I guess they're similar. But, but I would say Jones will receive more carries. Yeah. So Fournette, that's why he's ranked lower because the carries Ronald Jones is going to get more, and similar situation because you know they're on the same exact team. But I think. <laughs> Uh, man, I, don't, I don't know about Fournette. I mean, I, this might just be another time that I got burned by Fournette last season, and now I see him in <laughs> okay. negative. But I think Jones, Jones is the the guy compared to him. Just He's got to get mean, the majority. Yeah. The biggest problem is both mainly power backs, which prevents, you know, real, like, you don't know who's getting the workload on goal line or receiving game because they do the same thing. One of them obviously has to get, I'm pretty sure Fournette got majority of the receiving back workload last year. 
but I'm not sure how that's going to work again. This it may, yeah, it makes me question how it works if they have two running backs with the same skill set, you know? Like, <laughs> like it would have been better if they got the power back, the catching back, and then they also got, like, the speedy back, but they just got the two power backs, so they're basically competing in the, the same exact aspects of being a running back, which yeah, is no. the power back and also the receiving game. So, yeah, it's just well, it's a bad situation for both of them. They would both prefer to be in their own teams. I mean, Fournette doesn't. He resigned. I think Fournette signed just because the Tom Brady effect and winning a Super Bowl. Not really. Yeah. I don't think he was worried too much about his stats, to be honest with you. All right, we're, we're going to move on to um, the running back after Ronald Jones, number 29, which is one of the many Patriots running backs, Damian Harris. Now, you start off with one of the many, but that's yeah. the thing about Harris. Last year, he wasn't one of many. He was the guy, you know. James, he, okay, he was the guy, but there were four other like prominent. Yeah, but he's, yeah. he's the definitive number mm-hmm. one compared yeah. to everything the Patriots have done over year. This is the first time they've had a real like running back one, and I don't even know how long. But Damian Harris, like he took over, and the biggest problem was the offense was terrible. You know. <laughs> Yeah. 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 S- simply put, the that, offense that was, was bad. It's was hard to produce thing. when your offense is trash. <laughs> and he still was producing. That's the thing. So, like, the fact that he was producing with a bad offense, now all of a sudden they have receivers and tight ends. Like, I expect Damian Harris could be a, the biggest knock on Harris is James White is back. So, receiving game, mm-hmm. not really an option. But in terms of carries, he was close to five yards a carry as a running back. And being a full-time starter, hopefully, this season getting close to 70 to 80% of the carries would be definitely ideal for Harris. That would be a major win for him if he could get up there. That would be a possible running back too, depending on how good the offense does. And it could make him touchdown dependent as a running back too, but seeing as you're currently drafting him to be a flex running back, that's not exactly a bad thing to say. Mm -hmm. If he gets touchdowns, he's going to be even better than we expected. Yeah, that's just upside that you have drafting a flex. Uh, You mentioned James White. James White obvious pass catching back i mean that's yeah. pretty obvious that's his whole like uh archetype i think that's the word like that's yeah. his one skill that he really you know focuses on the most but uh yeah i'm not i'm not too worried about sony michelle taking away damien harry like sony michelle was date like they drafted the young rookie running back sony michelle was their attempt to solve the problem but he failed and then damien harris slid in i think damien harris is going to solidify himself as running back one and if as i said before the if the offense is improving He's got a chance to produce more, and as Jason said, if he becomes touchdown dependent to be a running back two, that's good. We got him at 29, so that means he's a running back three. Uh, he's mid, mid running back three, and if he if he gets touchdown dependent to be running back two and you're drafting mid running back three, I think that's great. I think that's, yeah, I think that's like a steal to have right there. Yeah. Um, our next running back at number 30 is Chase Edmonds. I don't like Chase Edmonds at all. I like the little pause there. You were thinking about it. I wasn't thinking about it. I just wanted to leave a pause there. Yeah, he's like dramatic to dramatic effect. Yeah. just ruin uh-huh. Chase Edmonds. Uh, Why do you hate Ch- Chase Edmonds so much? Well, Patrick knows. He was Kenyon Drake's backup in Arizona. Uh, yeah, as, as a Kenyon Drake fantasy owner, I am also... I'm not on the hate Chase Edmonds train. I respect his, his skill set. It would just completely remove Kenyon Drake from the Pat, I have game. a question for you. Who, which running back did you not get burned by? Like, <laughs> there's so many of them. Okay, I don't want to talk about it. I'm yeah, not okay. a running backs guy, okay? I mean, but, yeah. I don't. There's, there's, so yeah. there's so many. There's so many. 
Chase Edmonds has, you know, had opportunities in the past. Kenyon Drake has been injured last season. Chase oh, oh, I know. Oh, I know. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> Chase Edmonds became a full-time back. Yep. And he sucked. And now Yeah, he did not produce at yeah, all. Now he's a full-time back and everyone's saying, "Oh yeah, easy running back too." No. He was terrible the last time he was a running back too. Why is he going to be a running back one? Why is he going to be a good running back this time around? I mean, he's got he's got the receiving workload, but his best performance was when Kenyon Drake was healthy and doing most of the work. He's a good complimentary running back, but if he's starting, he's not valuable. He does he doesn't produce on his own. He needs help from other players. He needs to be like that plug and play guy who shows up unexpected, can throw the defense off type yeah. of player. He's a nice change of yeah. pace. I think that's the way. Yeah, change if of you're pace used to Kenyon Drake running and then you get Chase Edmonds in, prime primarily you know, once again, like I talked about the Bears game. When I was watching these Kenyon Drake <laughs> Cardinals game, tough to watch because you see Chase Edmonds in there basically the same amount. But he's a nice change of pace. He's just a, a pass receiving back. And he can run, too. I've seen him run before. I mean, on these Cardinals games, I was watching quite upset. I was not happy when he was running <laughs> the ball as a Kenyon Drake owner. But, I mean, he, he he's – I'm trying to find an adjective. I, I would say decent. He He's able to produce, but obviously not not running back to work, I would say. I would, he's a, I would find him in the flex category. I'm okay with having him as the flex running back that we have him rated at. I'm not okay with him being a flex running back. I'd put a receiver really? at flex instead of him. True. But if we're only talking about running backs, yeah. if I got a flex and my receivers are pretty trash, I'm okay with him filling in because he still, he still is a solid producer. I mean, if he's in my starting lineup for more than 50% of the season, I would be quite upset. That is a mistake. Yeah. I would agree. You went, you, Something went wrong if Chase Edmonds is starting more than, or I guess now if it's at 17, yeah, more than half of your season. Yeah, no. If that, you, that would be a mistake. I would be against that 100% because Edmonds just, he just, he doesn't produce on his own. So the best situation for Edmonds, realistically, in my mind, would be to, well, not for fantasy, but in terms of his, like, career would be if the Raven, uh, if the Cardinals drafted a running back instead. That's obviously probably won't happen, but. Yeah, I would doubt yeah. that they would actually do that. But I understand the logic. Edmonds, so he could just still yeah. retain his role as the He's change of pace He's just a complimentary back mm-hmm. at his best. That's what he does best. And now his only upside is opportunity. Yep. Um, another thing that, you know, not a lot of people realize, but Kyler Murray, over 800 rushing yards. He's versatile as a quarterback. Chase Edmonds, you know, he's got the opportunity, but he doesn't produce to begin with. And... Kyler Murray's got a bunch of re- receiving threats. That's what they're going to go with more. They're not going to be working with Edmonds. Yeah, it's also it's another... But he, yeah, I was going to say difficult situation, but he has a good situation. He's just not able to produce yeah, no, he, in he his situation. He produce last that's, year. It's, it's really on him. But yeah, that's okay. pretty much. Um, our next running back would be Leonard Fournette, but we already talked about him. So at 32, the new running back, Nahi ha- Harris. Najee Harris. Najee Harris. I knew I was yeah, pronouncing that Spanish. wrong. The J's are actually J's. It's, wow. it's a crazy thought. My Spanish teacher <laughs> lied to me. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Najee Harris, you know, best run- rookie running back in the draft. Uh, don't know where he's going to end up. That's that's a question mark. We don't really rank r- rookies because of that reason. So we have him at 32 because... We, he's going to be a starting running back. So some NFL team has him. That's where we got him at thirty-two. <laughs> so yeah, he's going to be on. A, he's going to be a starter for some NFL team. Put him at thirty-two. We'll just wait and see. Most people say the Steelers, and uh, if he goes to the Steelers, 
I, I actually I actually just read that he he could go to the Jets. That's what I read. Jets. Yeah. Okay. That would be an interesting situation. <laughs> <laughs> I don't that's know how I feel about that. Anyways, uh, if he does end up on the Steelers, that's probably best case scenario because no competition there. No offense to two running backs we have farther down the list. Um, <laughs> we'll but, rip them apart once we get to them. <laughs> we'll get like there. Basically what Jason said. But, yeah, no. Najee Harris is uh, the best rookie running back. He's very versatile. He's a great pass catcher. He's a great elusive running back. He's got the uh, opportunity to be drafted by anyone. If he goes to the Steelers, that would probably be a first-round pick. Not the best move for the Steelers, but it would be... Shut up, Owen. Uh, <laughs> it would be good for him because no competition, really. No offense. Um, and the offensive line, of course, Pouncey just retired, but it is a very good line nonetheless, even though uh, Villanueva is currently a free agent still. They, if they resign him, that'd be great. That'd be perfect for Harris. Uh, strong receiving core. Big Ben, not the best pass, passer anymore. That's just more short throws to Najee Harris. He's got a good upside if he goes to the Steelers. If he goes elsewhere to the Jets, that would be terrible. Yeah. But we'll see. Um, I don't watch much Alabama football, to be honest with you. Not a big roll-tie guy myself. But, um, yeah, I think he could be a starter wherever he gets drafted. Also, particularly in this draft, I feel like we're more, like when you talk about this year's draft, everyone's more focused on, like, QBs, the two wide receivers, and, like, Kyle Pitts at tight end. There's not a lot of focus on the running backs this year, I would say. So there's not much, there's not much, I mean, I don't. I have no clue where Najee Harris is going. We got no knowledge, <laughs> yeah, so no. it's just it. I mean, we could change this after he gets drafted. Yeah. Maybe we'll do a little update to yeah, see how it affects him. I'll, we'll do. We'll do yeah, an update for sure. But yeah, I mean, he's a, he's unknown. It's but a he, he's, he's a good running back. You just got to figure out what system he gets in. All right, so we'll yeah. wait on Harris for later. But number thirty-three is Tevin Coleman. The current starting running back for the Jets. Hopefully Harris doesn't show up there. <laughs> <laughs> Coleman on the 49ers was pretty productive. And if he can keep that up, that'd be you know a great situation for Coleman, obviously. Starting running back, obviously. Frank Gore, I don't know where he's going to sign up. Hopefully he, he should retire soon at this rate. He's, he's, <laughs> you don't want him to keep on running it back? With I'm Frank really Gore? concerned he's Frank... going to get hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Frank Gore is going to keep going. How old is Frank Gore? I, I mean, think he's old 37. Is the, 37? Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm looking, might I'm be 36, up. but yeah, no, he's been around for 16, 17 seasons. Yeah, he's there. He's 37. Yeah, yeah. no. So hopefully. Impressive. But Tevin Coleman, his biggest competition, Michael Pirine, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> that, that's not competition. He's going to be a full starter. You know, Zach Wilson, the assumed starting quarterback next year. Uh, Corey Davis and Jamison Crowder at receiver. The offensive line, besides the guards, is really good. So, Coleman, he's in actually surprisingly a good situation if the coaching staff finally is, you know, competent. Rare time to say that the Jets is a good situation for any player, going to be honest. I, I, you know, it is an interesting situation to say that, but it is true. Yeah. Like, Makai Becton, one of the top five left tackles in the league already, but, like, Tevin Coleman, he's in a great situation just because if Zach Wilson does work out, mm-hmm. I wouldn't even be upset if Darnold stayed just as, like, a mentor for a few weeks. And then, because then you know you're going to, you know what you're getting for the most part. Coleman should be used in this offense a decent amount. He's got no competition, so he's going to be a full-time back. And 33, he could be higher. It's, mm-hmm. There's potential for him to really explode. Late-round pick, high upside. 
I don't really know what his floor is just because it's the Jets, but <laughs> he's got the potential to be a great running back this year if the Jets can finally put things together. Yeah, I think the highlight of him, obviously, minimal, if any, competition to have. I get, yeah. like, I mean, he's going he's gonna to be able to get the carries. you got to figure out if he's going to produce. And as Jason said, late, if, you're, if you're picking him late, I mean, high upside. That's yeah. what you want in your late-round picks. I mean, he's a guy that's got the upside if he – when he's a full-time starter, it just depends how he's going to produce with the amount of carries he gets. And the Jets' offense is the Jets' offense, and we'll, I guess we'll see what happens now that they have Tevin Coleman. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, our next running back is starting off our Tier 6 list, and that would be number 34, Kenyon Drake. Now, we've already went over Drake, so we'll make this pretty quick, I feel like, you know. Yeah. Receiving back, mm-hmm. bad offensive line, Less carries than Jacobs. Those are your three main points for Drake. Yeah. There's not much upside unless Drake, unless Jacobs goes down. And even then, you're not get, getting the highest value from Drake. He's in a terrible situation, really. Also, just to add, just to make it even worse for him, <laughs> new system. He is. Yeah. He signed with a new team. He has. He doesn't have any like pat prior knowledge to how they run the offense, and he's gonna have to learn it in training camp and. I guess, see if he earns his contract that he got. I thought your uh, downside for him would be that he wasn't very good for you in fantasy last well, year. We are, I've already <laughs> mentioned Kenyon Drake too many times. Right, beware, if Kenyon Drake tweets out, this is the face that's going to win you the fantasy championship, <laughs> it didn't. Ooh. And his face, did, be, even be if I won the championship, that. he didn't win, He didn't help. So, I mean, you just got to watch out. If he tweets, it's bad news. He <laughs> jinxed right. himself. I'm just letting you know. All right. Um, our next running back is... Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, Anthony McFarland, running back at number 35. Uh, so McFarland is above Benny Snell. Now, that's probably confusing to people, seeing as Benny Snell is number one on the depth chart right now. <laughs> However, Benny Snell, when James Conner was injured, showed he's not a good starter, showed he can't be a starter, and showed that he just doesn't have the potential to be a number one. He's not a number one running back in at all. So... That means for McFarland, sophomore year, if he does break out, then all of a sudden you have yourself a starting running back. Of course, we expect Najee Harris right now to end up on the Steelers, but if for some reason he doesn't, ends up on the Jets, as Owen has said he could, then all of a sudden McFarland, that's kind of a steal, you know? Yeah. He's got the upside compared to Benny Snell. Benny Snell doesn't have the upside, so he's definitely higher on the rankings because when you're drafting this late in the round, McFarland he may not even be drafted in most leagues. So you're drafting for pure upside at that point. And if he is given a starting opportunity, like he was great in college and you know, he didn't really have a lot of opportunity for his rookie year, but starting running back, no competition with ben, own limited competition. If it's just him and Benny Snell, mm-hmm. that's a perfect situation, especially with, as we've already mentioned, big Ben short passing game. Yep. That'd go to McFarland before Snell 100% of the time. Perfect. If you're drafting end of running back three, and we had him at 35, he's, he's bottom of running back three, you're, you're drafting for upside. And yeah. He, he has more upside than Benny Snell currently. So, I mean, that's why we have him ranked higher. That's as simple as it gets. Yeah. All right. Um, our next running back would be 
Number 36, Travis Entiani. Etienne. Etienne. Uh, I really wanted to see Owen try I mean, to it. Was, it was close. That's why close. I waited. I knew he was going to mess up. <laughs> Dude, I was, try- I was trying to get the yeah. pronunciations up, but you guys were rushing me. Uh-huh, I got you. I was you hoping, not, you, I was hoping you would uh, talk about McFarlane for a little bit longer. Uh, well, but you weren't. He's, uh, he's another rookie running back. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't watch much college football. I have seen him play one game. I saw him play at Clemson. Uh he was a beast. He dropped like 200 yards a game I played. <laughs> Further knowledge on the situation, uh, I, I think you couldn't get from the A.J. Dillon hype. I'm a pretty big BC football fan. <laughs> no. This was the game that BC was like up by like 15 at halftime over Clemson. And it was like, oh, this is going to be a great day. And then Travis Etienne, and, or I don't even think I pronounced his Etienne. name. Etienne. Sorry, guy, but I mean, you're a great running back. He, uh... He tore tore us to shreds, and then he yeah. he won yeah, the game. Yeah, Travis. <laughs> you you yeah, ruined Travis. Why'd you gonna do us dirty like that? You Travis. ruined Patrick's day. <laughs> yeah, Etienne being the second best rookie running back, most likely from this class, means you know even more uncertainty. We don't even know where Najee Harris is going. I'm not even gonna make a prediction for Etienne. All I can say is he's got potential to be a workhorse, but. You don't know where he's gonna go. He's definitely day two uh, draft, day two pick. So it's just too many question marks to really rank him in fantasy right now. We just put him at thirty six because you know he's gonna be a good back, but until we know where he landed, you can't really rank these guys. Yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll talk about them later on in an upcoming episode. But um, our next running back on the list is at number thirty seven, Zach Moss. Yeah, no, finally we got to the Buffalo Bills yes. running backs. Buffalo Bills. <laughs> See, they don't need a running back. They have Josh Allen, okay? Is Josh Allen the running back? No, but he's he, Zeus. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. If um, you guys have not heard, uh, Josh Allen is practically Zeus. Anyway, uh, yep. <laughs> yep, Zach it. Moss, that's it. The, the running back 37, uh, not a very good offense Not very uh, for running backs. Okay. Right. Sorry, Owen, didn't mean that. I, I'm a big Diggs fan myself, so... And also an Allen fan. You kind of bandwagoned last year off him. I was a fan from his rookie year. For the record, Jason was a Josh Allen fan before Owen. But Owen has just embraced it way more than Jason I embraced it because Josh Allen brought me to the finals in which I won. So congrats. You stole Josh Allen from me. Kind of uh, rude. Uh, Mm -hmm. But Zach Moss should be the starting running back now. Sophomore season. Devin Singletary hasn't worked out. Zach Moss didn't work out last year but rookie season always cut him slack give him two three years to prove themselves at least so it's time to see we're gonna start to actually judge zach moss and just because singletary hasn't worked out so well we're gonna start to slowly x him out and assume moss will get more work he is a power back singletary would be the receiving back still which i mean singletary we have him at 41 we might as well mention him at the same time Mm -hmm. so Singletary does get the receiving workload most of the time, but we're going to assume Moss, all short short yardage situations, definitely goal line, and probably majority of the carries, I would see all going to Zach Moss over Singletary. So I see higher upside there. Not much value for either of them, though. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Zach Moss has the upside. It's, it's a big prove-it year for him. He's got to prove if he's able to, like, sustain a running back one spot. I mean, the Bills, as we mentioned, tough offense to be a running back in. But, I mean, unless he can prove himself, then that's that's all you're drafting for here. You, I, well, I say it all the time. 
you draft him for upside, and he has a chance. He has more upside than Devin Singletary. So, I mean, you yeah. just got to hope that he's able to prove himself and produce, I guess. There's not, not much to say about Zach Moss. No offense to him. Yeah. Um, our next running back on the list is at number 38, the Cowboys running back behind Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard. If Pollard were starting were on a different team, he would be a starter. He is one of the most underrated running backs and is in an unfortunate situation where Zeke will continue to be the workhorse no matter what. But when Zeke was absent, Pollard proved himself to be an efficient running back. And really, 38, pure handcuff. You're only drafting him in the hopes, well, not the hopes, but on the chance that Zeke goes down. And... If that doesn't happen, Pollard won't have any value. But if Pollard becomes a starter, then he's an immediate running back to minimum. Should immediately plugged into your offense into your offense as a running back two, or if you have a bad off running back group, then he could even be a running back one for you. But Pollard will produce if given the opportunity. Just problem: Cowboys don't give him the chance to do so. Yeah. Hard to have an opportunity when Ezekiel Elliott is ahead of you in the depth chart. Yeah, yeah, but it's tough. He he would produce. I mean, when if if Zeke for some reason is not playing, I won't mention it. But I mean, if he's just not playing a game, <laughs> no. Pollard is a is a good replacement to have, and he would be able to produce. So he's more of a week to week basis, depending on the Cowboys running back situations feeling. Yeah, that's simply all it is for Pollard. Yeah, um, our next running back at number thirty nine, Marlon Mack, who is currently the third string on his team. Jason, what do you have to say about that? Let's talk about both. Talk about both the Colts running back. Yeah. We have uh, we also have Naheem Hines at forty three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You say third string, but he's he's definitely he's, the second string. He, I just looked it up. He's ranked third string, and Naheem mm. Hines is ranked second string. Yeah. Oh, and the thing about depth charts is that's not how they work. Like that's just a piece of paper. At the end of the day, the offense doesn't work that way. Taysom Hill's a quarterback. He's not used as a quarterback. You don't rely on depth charts. Marlon Mack is a second running back behind Jonathan Taylor. He's another handcuff. Naheem Hines, pure receiving threat. That's all he is. He's basically a receiver for, you know, third down work for the Colts offense. But Mack is a runner in the two between the two of them. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor should be number one. Hines might get the receiving work over him every once in a while. That could be a pretty even, uh, even split. But Marlon Mack, last season before his injury was considered to be the running back B to to Jonathan Taylor. And Taylor, besides late in the season, wasn't the most efficient. We already mentioned last episode, he was his only success end of the season when you really want to judge a running back. One of the worst defenses across the board. Played the Texans twice, Jaguars at least once, and then just bad defenses across the board. Highest defense, we already mentioned. He, his hardest opponent was the 24th-ranked rushing defense. So, Jonathan Taylor isn't the most proven back. Marlon Mack, when he was a starter, well over 1,000 yards, more consistent back. If given the chance, Marlon Mack could be the... I'm not going to say he's going to be a starter, but again, obviously, because Jonathan Taylor will be the starter, but he could be an efficient like back. That could take away from Jonathan Taylor more than anything else. And if Taylor, for some reason, goes down, on which would put Mack into a full running back situation again, then Mack could be a, once again, valuable starter. Another just handcuffed back more than anything else. Naheem Hines has a few games, as we saw last year, where touchdown dependent for, you know, big catches, but 
besides that, he's his biggest value is just receiving game. But you know what you're getting with Hines no matter what. Mac is just another handcuff back we have late in these in the rankings just just to see if he can, you know, get a few starting weeks without Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, these are more the these Colts running backs are more like reaches to see like potentially they could re- like produce week to week, but these obviously I would I would hope you don't have these guys starting in your lineup. These are more oh, guys God. you got on the bench, <laughs> guys you're picking up on free agency off the waivers. These are guys that you want. You can like plug and play each week, depending on if Taylor's like out a week or something, or maybe it's like a easy matchup. As we say, they play the Texans twice a year. I mean, they're just they're just they're just good to have on a, like a week to week base, not a week to week, but like depending on the matchup each week or how Taylor's playing. Yeah, no. yeah, that's really all they're used for. Um, our next running back on the list, number forty, once again another Pittsburgh running back, Benny Snell. Now, we've already mentioned Benny Snell does not have potential, and his biggest upside would be if McFarland doesn't have upside, in which case he is going to start, and that's his. That's really it. If he's a starter, not bad to have a starting running back on your team, obviously. You know, there are only 32 of him, and if you can get one, maybe you can start him for a week or two, but realistically, he's proven when given a starting chance not to be a starting caliber running back, and I don't expect that to change. So I don't really value Benny Snell at all. He's just here because he's number one on the depth chart, which means so much to Owen. Um. Okay, <laughs> I just stated a fact earlier, but thank you, Jason. Um, we're moving on uh, to number oh, 41, Devin Singletary. Already went over him. Uh, all right. Yeah, tough situation. Yeah. I mean, Zach Moss passed him up, and uh, he's, he's just there. Yeah. He's just vibing at 41. I mean, <laughs> he's vibing. He's, <laughs> All right. Um, he's, he's falling off. <laughs> All right, we'll move on from Singletary uh, to Jamal Williams at number 42. Our Ooh. final player on the list, Jamal Williams. Obviously, Hines, 43 below him, ending the tier. But we already went over Hines. So, Williams signed with the Detroit. That's unfortunate for DeAndre Swift. But for the most part, Williams' situation not terrible i expected you know his biggest impact in fantasy is he's gonna be a detriment to swift more than anything else honestly <laughs> just because like swift obviously was projected to be full workhorse 100 percent every single down but jamal williams is another just like naheem hines pure pass catching running back mm-hmm. who took away so much from aaron jones in green bay i don't know what what's gonna happen in detroit now because they said that he that uh, Swift would be the fullback, but if Williams does pull another Green Bay and ends up being, you know, the starting receiving back, then all of a sudden that could be, you know, that could be something for the uh, offense just because taking away catches for Swift, worst thing to do in fantasy. Catches are obviously PPR league for the most part, the most valuable thing for most players. So... Any damage he's doing to Swift would be terrible. And also, Carrion Johnson is there, so even if Swift goes down, Williams isn't probably going to be plugged into the starting role. His biggest thing for fantasy is he's just taking away Swift's catching potential. He's not going to be a starting running back if Swift disappears. That would go to Carrion Johnson, who didn't make this list because that's all Johnson has going for him. So, Williams, his upside, not really there. His floor, 
also not really there. He's just more so a leech to Swift than a running back yeah. to play. Uh, I feel like we've trashed him. I'm going to throw one positive. Oh, one oh, positive unique. Williams. Uh, it's a lot easier to, conv- uh, to compete with uh, DeAndre Swift than uh, Aaron Jones. So one one positive to throw out there. I mean, you say that, but when he, he's specializing in receiving, Swift True. is a better ca- yeah, pass catcher okay, than Jones. I, I, okay, I, I just I wanted some positive for the guy. He's I mean. a great receiving back. That's the problem, though. He he's good at his job. That's that hurts these I players yeah, that we the, want. They for, the team's forced him to specialize, but uh, he's there. I mean, I I was trying to find some upside. Jason obviously just destroyed the man. Just left him no hope, fantasy wise. <laughs> but that's that's okay. We'll end that off. Right. Raheem Himes at forty three. That's the yeah. end of tier six. Uh, I'm going to give a special yeah. oh, shout out. After you. Oh, okay. The AJ Dillon missed yep. out on tier three. I mean, tier six by uh, two spots. He's ranked at 45 behind Gus Edwards. And uh, I'm okay with that. I mean, he's a backup running back. So, I mean, I feel like a little disrespected. But, I mean. You could argue tier six, but he's a pure <laughs> handicap. I, I think it, it's pretty sad that I have that I have to argue. Like, oh, he's definitely tier six. What he's are you definitely about? number 43. Come on, guys. <laughs> All these other running backs in tier six, like, they aren't just pure handcuffs, so they had some other type of that is, yeah. upside. A- AJ Dillon, I mean, he Dude. technically could be touchdown dependent. I mean, if you... <laughs> a if touchdown dependent tier six running he back. He slides in. For, you could get, like... Three touchdowns a season, okay? I mean, oh, wow. That's really going to win you the games. I mean, you saw the Lambo leap. I mean, <laughs> come on. <laughs> All right. Um, that, that's okay. Man. Do you want to continue with no, AJ Dillon? You I'm, good? I'm done with AJ Dillon okay. for today. Okay. Patrick's done with AJ Dillon. Um, we're going to be moving on to our, our next game um, featuring the, these running backs. And again, just a refresher on the rules. First person to knock after I ask the question gets to answer. All right. So now, when you say after you ask the question. After I ask the question, not uh, while, I, I, while I give off the answers or like the, the options, you can knock anytime. I'm allowed to do that. You're allowed to knock. All right. if, you think you can, if you think you know it, which you've had a good track record for that. All right. Um, first question is, has Mike Davis benched pressed more than 500 pounds? We talked about him being the strong power back. Mm-hmm. Yes, obviously yes. That's true. True. Five hundred and sixteen pounds. He big is a body. He is a Owen called him big guy, Mike mm-hmm. Davis. Okay, he's got to be benching a lot. Oh yeah, he's he's a beast. All right. Uh, impressive, I'll say. <laughs> I, I, say no. I mean, I'm not benching that much. <laughs> no. Just put it out there, casual Patrick, not benching as much as Mike Davis. I, I can't imagine. No, no, not not really. No. You're up there though, right? Like. Round four, four fifty. Yeah, yeah, just like four hundred on a light day. Light day, yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe yeah. minus three hundred. <laughs> okay. Well, let's just we'll move on to question ooh, two. Ooh, question let's two. Just, okay. Let's just move on. Jason, you ready? All right. Yes. <laughs> Melvin Gordon was drafted into the NFL in 2015. How many different teams has he played on since then? Two. Yes. An easy question, Jason. Just not first. <laughs> he did. He, did. <laughs> he didn't even get close to the multiple choice. No. If you want to, how did you make that one a multiple choice question? I thought you, that oh, was okay. One, two, three, four. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Well, I think it's one guy. <laughs> My next question, number three. Who had more rushing yards in the twenty twenty one season? Twenty twenty. The twenty twenty season. Thank you for the correction, Jason. The God Himself, mm-hmm. Zeus, Josh Allen. Or Mostert. 
Jason knocked first. I'm sorry, Pat. Most okay. He did, yes. But <laughs> 520 yards compared to Josh Allen's 420 yards. I thought I could trip you up because I'm a big fan of Josh Allen. So I thought Josh you Allen were... isn't a running back. If that was the answer, I would have been pissed. <laughs> How this man show up on the running back quiz? <laughs> I looked up yards. All right. Um, number four. How many yards? Oh, <laughs> I don't want to say this now. <laughs> never mind, never mind. Um, 520 for Raheem Mostert. <laughs> Was that your question? No, 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 no. Oh. Um, you were close, though. I'm just kidding. Um, how many yards did Josh Jacobs run in the 2020 season? Closest answer without going over is correct. Okay, without going over. Because last time we didn't have that rule. Yeah, without so going over. Once another rule change each week. Okay. <laughs> Bro, I got no clue. <laughs> you want to go first or second, Patrick? Obviously, I want to go second. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I'll go first because I went second last time. All right, that I already have great. my number, so it's... I'm just going to go with... Uh... Yes. What are you going to go with? 1,000... Okay. 1,100. 1,100, all right. Jason? All right, well, I'm not going to say I'm going to change my answer, but I'm definitely changing my That's answer. That's okay. That's okay. I, You're allowed to. I was I was originally, I'm not going to go with this. I was originally going to say 1,060, but I'm going to go down to 1,000. And Jason, you were correct. <sighs> 1,026 yards. Yeah. Okay, good. I knew we got over 1,000, <laughs> but said... it wasn't by much. All right. Um... I was between 1,050 and 1,100, so I was wrong either way, <laughs> basically, is what we figured out here. Yeah, um, I'm sorry, Patrick. Let's look okay. at the score. Yeah. Oh, it, is it a five-question quiz? It's a five-question so, quiz. You know, yeah. I just wanted to let Jason tie it up. I got hey, one today. You, you did. I promised one, yeah. and that's improvement. Wait, right. give me, give me the fifth question. We still have another question. Yeah, another yeah. We can get two. Question number five. We can double our score. When did Chase Edmond get drafted into the NFL? Like what year? What year? Okay. 2016, 2017, 2018, this or 2019- uh, Hi, Jason. I got well. I mean, I knew all the multiple choice. I wasn't gonna wait for that. I know. So. <laughs> I was just going down. I have my guess. I don't in. think it's a contract year, so I'm gonna say 2018. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're right. I was gonna say 2019, so that's disappointing. But we got one on the board. You did and get that's one. Improving. Next week we're getting two. All right. Okay, that might be a bold claim, but we're <laughs> we're getting at least one next week. Fourth episode. Jason has two wins. Patrick has two wins. Mm-hmm. And I've officially, oh, I had you, I've choked it, but I've choked the 2-0 lead, but we're still tied. I'm just as good as Jason, basically, is what we figured out today. You got two scuffed quiz wins. All right, well, again, (laughs) Patrick is playing the outro music, which means the episode is ending. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, share this with your friends, family, neighbors, aunts, uncles, everyone. Yeah. Spread the podcast. See you next week. See you later.